Hey, well, welcome everybody to Blackhawk Church Online. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and we are so glad that you are joining us right now. Man, I tell you, I know you just got a little sneak peek of that Christmas service that is going to drop on the 23rd. Let me just say, you are not going to want to miss it. Make sure to set aside some time to watch that with your family. Make sure that it's something that you're sharing. Invite people to take it in. We just, we think it is just an incredible service. We think you're absolutely going to love it. And it is uh, even better when you're able to share it with other people. Hey, another thing I need to mention before we get too far into things was, uh, was and Adam was talking about this just a little bit, our live nativity last night. You've got to be kidding me. We couldn't believe how many of you showed up. I mean, we, <laughs> let's just say we underestimated the amount of people that were going to show up. So thank you for all of you who are willing to sit online to hang out on Mineral Point Road for a long time. And it was so great just to see so many of your faces, like to see you in person and get to see your families and meet your COVID dogs that you brought out with you in your car. We had candy canes and coloring books. I felt like we should have had dog biscuits with the amount of dogs that we saw that I had never met before. So, uh, but it was just incredible. We found out, I think the last count that I heard as I was leaving in the evening was like, we had over 1,025 cars that came through yesterday. That is just incredible. And, uh, and so it was just great to see you. We hope that you enjoyed it. And it's, it's crazy to think that we are just five days away from Christmas. And this is the last Sunday in our Advent series that we have been going through. Advent is a word we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. It's a word that just simply means arrival. And in Advent, we remember the, the, the arrival, the, the first coming of Jesus into this world. But the thing is, we also, we remember uh, and look forward to the second coming of Jesus when he arrives once again in full glory to wipe away every tears and make all things right. And so we have these two seasons. We have where we remember the first coming of Jesus and then where we anticipate and look and hope to the second coming of Jesus. But then there's kind of this gap in between that time. And, and that gap, everyone who has lived on the planet since the time that Jesus came to this earth, died, rose again from the grave and ascended back to heaven. Since then, all of us have been living in this gap, this gap in between the first coming and second coming of Jesus. And, uh, and so we're gonna take a look at that some today because this gap, you know, it, it, okay, we're living in that gap between the first and second coming, but this really isn't the only gap that we live in. I mean, think about it. We, we're living right now in a COVID gap. Like, do you remember pre-COVID and what that was like? And, and, and for so many of us, I mean, we look forward to the day when COVID is finally done and we can take our masks off and hug each other once again and gather together the way that we would like to. We look forward to that day, but in the meantime, we're just sort of living in this gap. And it can be really easy in the midst of a gap like that to just sort of write the time off to kind of click pause on life and sort of set things aside to kind of figure that we're gonna pick up life again on the other side of it. You know, another gap actually that we're living in right now, we've got a physical gap. We're even dealing with a six foot gap of uh, you know, space that's supposed to be between us and another person. So my question is, well, what can we learn in the gaps that we're dealing in in life 
what can we understand about how we're supposed to do life altogether? In fact, when we look at this Advent gap that we're dealing with, what can we understand from the Advent season that helps us to live in the gaps of life? Well, actually, I think that the subject that we're going to deal with today can help us to answer that question. So today we are going to be talking about the subject of love. Two weeks ago, or actually three weeks ago, Chris talked about the subject of hope. Then the next week he talked about peace. Then last week, Charles talked about joy. Today we're dealing with love. And it doesn't take very long as we think about Christmas really to get to the subject of love. I mean, like when we think about it, God loved us to such a great level that he was willing to send his son into this world to pay a penalty that we couldn't pay on our own so that we could be in right relationship with him. That is really what we celebrate at Christmas. In fact, the, the most famous verse in, in scripture, John three sixteen, talks about this subject. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Like this is, this is the quintessential message of Christmas. It's the quintessential message of the gospel. God loved the world, and so God sent his son. So today, we're talking about love. Now, for some of you, um, you have, uh, when you look through all your years in church, you've heard a lot of messages on love. You could very easily be going right now, great, okay, another sermon on love. Heard this before, in fact, heard this thousands of times. And you could really, like, it could be easy to kind of like click off right now and just be looking at your phone and turn this into white noise. But I wanna challenge you a little bit because what I would like to do today is to dive deeper into the subject of love. Like, what does it really mean for us? that God loves us. Because you could really easily be saying right now, okay, I get it, God, God loves me. But if that idea doesn't affect your life, in other words, if it's not really transforming who it is that you are, if there's not something that's stirred inside of you when you think of God loving you, well, maybe you don't totally understand the concept of love. Because my guess is, is if for all of us, if we understood the depth of the way that God loved us, and it would transform the way that we do life, the transform the way that we go about work, the trans, it would transform the way that we handle things with our family, it would transform everything in our lives. It would blow our minds. So today, we're talking about this subject of love, and we're gonna begin by looking at a passage of scripture in the book of 1 John that like, man, talks about love like to the nth degree. We're gonna take a look. If you have your Bibles right now, uh, we're gonna take a look at 1 John chapter four. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you wanna turn there, if you don't have them, we're gonna put stuff on the screen for you. 1 John chapter four, and we're gonna begin with verse seven. The passage says this. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God 
so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and is made complete in us. Now, okay, this is one of the most well-known passages of scripture on the subject of love. And if you, if you look at it for a minute, it's amazing the amount of times that the word love is actually talked about. One interesting thing, at the beginning of verse seven and the beginning of verse 11, it says, dear friends. But in actuality, if you go back to the original Greek, the word that is um, being translated there is actually the word beloved. We just don't use that very much in today's day and age, and so they changed it to dear friends. But if you take those two words, beloved, along with all the other words of love, you kind of get this idea. Yeah, love is talked about a lot in this passage of scripture. In fact, love is mentioned 15 times in six verses. You get the idea that love is kind of important here. You know, and love is a term that we throw around, I mean, in today's day and age, you know, all the time. It, um, you know, the word love actually in our language, um, in English, is used all kinds of different ways. It's interesting because in the original Greek with that passage of scripture, um, it, was, it was termed a particular way, which is different from us today. In, in English, we have one word for love. That's, um, well, it's love. And so, um, and we get the idea that it's used a little bit differently. So I could say, okay, in this Christmas season, I love old school claymation Christmas specials. And I could say that I also, I love my wife. Now, now I'm guessing that you understand the difference in the way that I'm using that word. There's a difference in the way that I love claymation Christmas specials and the way that I love my wife. We just get that in our language. Well, in, in Greek, they actually, they were a little bit smarter than we were, and they ha had all kinds of different words that they used uh, for the word love. Now, the word that was used in this passage, every single time, the root word was the word agape. Agape is a, um, a term that if you've been around church at all, you have heard um, probably many times. And uh, when, when that word is used for love, it's less of a feeling and um, more of an action. Um, it, it's seeking the well-being of other people. Um, it is, it, it's a word that would mean self-sacrificing, other-centered kind of love. It is a, a word that really points towards the idea of, of unconditional love. A couple of years ago, uh, here at Christmas, for our Christmas Eve services uh, that we used to do in person, this year we're doing online. By the way, if you haven't marked your calendar, 23rd, going to drop, need to make sure you watch it. It's gonna be amazing. But two years ago, for the services that we had here, we tried to figure out a way to, um, to, to really exemplify this idea of unconditional love. And if you remember it all for Christmas Eve services, when people show up for those services, well, people, they, they tend to dress a little bit nicer for church. Maybe you're some of those people. I'm guessing that you are. People just tend to dress up a little bit more. Some people, they dress up a lot more, like going out, buying a new outfit for Christmas church. You know, take the picture by the tree with the family, all of that. And, uh, and so people dress up a little bit more because there's just sort of with church, I don't know where it came from, but kind of this expectation that you dress up a little bit more. Well, for all of us teaching that particular Sunday for Chris and Charles Daniel at Fitchburg and myself, we all decided that we would preach that Sunday in our PJs. 
just to show this idea of unconditional love. I remember coming on stage and feeling really awkward because you all looked amazing and I was here in my PJs. And, uh, but PJs are a picture of unconditional love. So you all sitting in the seats, you were dressed for conditional love. You were dressing the way you thought you were supposed to dress in order to kind of earn everybody else's approval. Me, I was unconditional love. I was dressed the way that we all are at home when we're hanging out with people in a place where we know we are accepted unconditionally. You know, that was the idea of this, this kind of this idea of unconditional love with everything that was going on in that moment. Unconditional love. This passage is giving us an idea that that's the way that God loves us. And I think for so many of us, we have a hard time grasping that. So here, come on, come close for just a minute. I want you to make sure you hear this. You are loved by God unconditionally. There is nothing that you have to do to earn or deserve God's love. We get that idea from the fact of realizing who God is because it's not that God's trying to conjure up some idea of love for us. In fact, in this passage of scripture that we're talking about, the end of verse eight just says this, God is love. God's not trying to figure out how to love us. He's not trying to stir something inside of himself so that he'll love us. No, to the essence of his being, God is love. It's just who he is. And he displayed that essence of his being in what he did for us. That's why verse nine, it says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Like it's God's love that sent Jesus into this world originally that we celebrate at Christmas. That's what we think about at Advent. The arrival of Jesus, the first time he came into this world. In love, he came into this world. And that's the way he's coming back too. That when he comes back to right all wrongs, to wipe away every tear, to make all things right, he comes in love. You see, in, in love, Christ came. And in, in love, he will return. It, it, God is everything about love. And we have the hardest time grasping that idea. It kind of takes me back, okay, to the PJ illustration. I know I'm talking about PJs a lot, but you're probably in your PJs right now, so you get it. Because my guess is, is that when we, you end up watching that Christmas Eve service in just a couple days, yeah, all of us on stage this year, we're all gonna be dressed up and you're all gonna be in your PJs. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this COVID year, 2020, it has been the year of PJs and sweats and yoga pants for everyone. I mean, I know there's been a lot of bad about 2020, but I don't ever know if I've been more comfortable in my life than I have in this particular season. You know, and, um, but the interesting thing is for a lot of us, we're working from home. We're doing way more from home than we used to. So we're doing lots of Zoom calls. And the thing that I've seen is people who... Um, well, since they're not at work, they're at home, they kind of partially dress up for the day. You know what I'm talking about? Like you get part of you that's on screen looking good, but the rest of you, yeah, you're not all that worried about. Like case in point, I had an experience back in uh, early on in COVID where I sort of had to get dressed up and I decided to post a picture of it on Instagram. This is what it looked like right here. 
Absolutely. Okay, now, this experience, this was so fun. There was a couple who I saw last night at the live nativity, Andrew and Beth, you guys are awesome. And uh, they contacted me to see it was their anniversary and their kids were at home and they couldn't go anywhere. And so they decided that they wanted to do um, a vowel or um, a vow renewal, not a vowel renewal. We're not renewing our vowels. We're re they were renewing their vows. And so they did a vow renewal and, uh, and they asked me if I could kind of redo the service with them. And so, so they both got dressed up and they were looking good. Their kids were there in the room. And I realized I was only gonna be on screen from about you know the chest up. So that's how I got dressed up for the moment. It was pretty fantastic. Sweatpants cut off and a suit and tie. You see, the reason why I bring a picture like that up is because I think that in some ways, for many of us who have grown up in the church, hearing about the idea of God's love for us, hearing the words unconditional love, that's about the way that we experience unconditional love. It's like we grasp it and we understand it in certain parts of our life, but there are other parts that we just feel like we have to keep dressing up. You know, in that picture, my bottom half was dressed for unconditional love. My top half was dressed for conditional love. I think that for many of us, even though we know the idea that God loves us, we just can't let go of the idea that we feel like certain parts of our life we need to dress up in order to earn God's approval. You know, like I need to, I need to dress up certain parts of me. So I go to Bible study. And, and in some way, in the back of my mind, I think that God just loves me a little bit more because I'm doing that. Or I'm making sure that I'm watching church every week because I feel like as I do that, God just approves of me a little bit more. You see, we only partially embrace the reality of unconditional love. For some of us, I think that we do this because we have the hardest time actually showing unconditional love to ourselves. You have the hardest time loving you. Maybe like when you look at your life, maybe you have, you're like, you're a perfectionist or uh, I don't know, maybe um, you've just got low self-esteem or like me, you struggle with depression or you know, you've got anxiety in your life or something like that. And you look at areas of your life and you have the hardest time accepting you. And so you see yourself and then you picture that that's the way that God sees you. But like, you realize when God sees you, he doesn't see you the way that you see you. Like when he sees you, he just, he's blown away. He just loves you for who you are because God is love. For, for some of you, you know, when you look at your life, you don't look at it and go, man, I have this like horrible, you know, massive season of sin in my life and I've, you know, kind of come out from rock bottom but when you look at your life and you think of the way that God looks at you, you, you just kind of feel like a disappointment to God. You know, like, like you didn't really screw up and do anything bad, but I don't know, when you look at the potential that you had that God gave you and then see what you did with it, you feel like God's kind of like, ah, I wish you would have done a little bit more. I'm just mildly disappointed. Like, okay, when I, when I was growing up, my, uh, my parents, um, you know, there were times in high school where like I did stupid stuff. I'm sure you did too. And, uh, and my parents would find out about it. I fail a test or do something stupid on the weekend. My parents would come to me and they would say, Matt, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. Oh, 
Like, that was the worst. Like, I used to think, Mom and Dad, just be mad at me. Don't just be disappointed in me. Some of us, we walk around in this idea that, like, God's just disappointed in us. And we look at, like, I mean, people here in Dane County, if you're watching here in Madison, I mean, like, there are amazing people here in Madison. I mean, the amount of PhDs and grad degrees and people doing amazing stuff, it can easily feel like my life didn't amount to all that much, and I just sort of feel like a disappointment. But do you realize when God sees you, he doesn't see you that way. He just loves you. Man, for every one of us, we've got stuff in our life that like, we look back on and uh, <laughs> we would never want anyone to know about. You know, like that, 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 that stuff in your life that you think, man, if this ever came out, maybe stuff that you did or stuff that you've thought in the past that you think if anyone actually knew about that, I would be so, inc- I would be devastated. I would be so incredibly embarrassed. Like just think about this for a minute. The God of the universe, he knows all of that stuff better than you do. He has seen it all and he just loves you. You see, God he loves us more than we can understand or imagine. There's a, there's a passage in Romans 5 that gives us an idea of this pretty deeply. It said, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still messed up, screwed up, feeling like a disappointment, dealing with sin from our past, not having it all together, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. Like, he's the one who moved towards us. He's the one who made that possible. You know, the last verse here, in verse 10 in, uh, in 1 John says this. This is... This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We're not the ones who made the move towards God. It's not our job to try to figure out how to get God to conjure up love for us. And it's so important for us to remember that the movement of God towards us was because God is love. And he moved towards us because he loved us to such a great level, we can't wrap our minds around it. You see, in love, Christ came. And in love, he will return. When we understand that to a deep level, and it should transform everything about us. It should blow our minds when we grasp the idea of God's love. Okay. So if it's true that in love Christ came and in love he will return, well, we've got this, this season of time in between, this, this gap that we live in. So if it's true that Christ loved us this way, then what is it supposed to do? How is it supposed to affect the way that we live in the gap? Because I don't know about you, but um, I'm not the biggest fan of gaps. Like really when it comes down to it, when I think about gaps, I think of like halftime at a, at a sporting event I go to, or intermission at a musical I might go to with my daughters, you know, and I kind of like, I mean, they're nice a little bit. I like, you get up, you stretch your legs a little bit, I go pee, and then I come back, and I'm like, not sure what to do with the rest of my time, you know, or another time of gaps, layovers on flights, 
I mean, <laughs> when you're flying from one destination to another destination, but you have to stop at a completely different city and just hang out there for, I don't know, anywhere between an hour and six hours, I never know what to do with myself. I just kind of walk around, wander, maybe get a snack. I go from magazine shop to magazine shop, and I'm never sure what to do. I just feel like I'm wasting time, you know? And, and, and I'm a person who doesn't like to waste time. Like, it's the reason why I hop on, when I go to get Starbucks, I hop on the app ahead of time so I can just walk straight, straight in and grab my drink and leave. It's because I don't wanna waste time. You see, we end up feeling like we're wasting. So we've got this gap that we live in and we're not sure what to do with it. So what does this passage have to say about the way that we should live in the gap? Well, verse 11 actually gives us this idea. It says this. Actually, let me, uh, I'm sorry, if we can go to verse 11, that would be fantastic. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Like, the, the verse is telling us we're to love one another. In fact, if you go back to the beginning of verse seven, it says again, dear friends, let us love one another. We're supposed to be people who love each other in a deep, profound way. Now, this passage in particular is one that is talking about, it's talking about the love that we have towards each other as Christians, as Christ followers, that we in the church are supposed to be people who love each other deeply. However, if you look at the story of the entire Bible, we know that God calls us to love everyone, to love your neighbors and to love your coworkers and to love um, your classmates, to love people who you just end up doing life with from the things that you're involved with, your, your, your extended family who are difficult to love at times, even to love your enemies. We are called to be people who just love one another. In other words, as we experience this deep, agape, unconditional type of love, it should fuel us to love each other in the same type of way. It should fuel us to be people who love each other to such a deep level that we end up loving each other unconditionally because of the love that we're experiencing from God. And as we do that, you know what happens? We become um, an image to people of who God is. We become people who reflect who God is to the world that as we love them, they ultimately gain an understanding of the way that God loves them. That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do in this gap. And let me ask you a question. <laughs> do you think the world could use a little dose of unconditional love right now? Like in the midst of this, like, age of outrage that we're living in, do you think the world could tend to experience a little bit of this unconditional love? So, okay, what is this unconditional love really supposed to look like? Like, how do we live that out? Well, the beauty is, is that um, God's given us the freedom to be able to make that decision. That would be a great conversation to have with your family afterwards today or with your life group as you get together, or with friends, or whoever it is that you spend time with, what are the opportunities that we have to be able to love people? Because the, like 
the opportunities are just vast. We have freedom to be able to make those decisions. God has given us creativity and, and diversity in the people that he's made and the ways that we have the opportunity to be able to love each other. But one of the, one of the greatest ways that we have to be able to do that really is through generosity. It's through us just being generous with people who can't give back to us. You know, and that's one of the reasons why in this season, why I love what our church for years has been doing with Advent Conspiracy. Advent Conspiracy is something that we have been doing for a long time that gives us a chance to try to kind of recapture um, the true meaning of everything with Christmas, that we would be people who consume less and give and are generous more um, in the way that we love all people who we come in contact with. And so every year we have the opportunity to, uh, to have different ministry partners who we have the chance to be able to give to. And as you all as a church are generous, every dollar that comes in for Advent Conspiracy just goes out to these different partners. It just, it just flies out the doors to these different people. One of those partners in particular is, uh, is great friend of ours, a great friends of ours, Lighthouse Church and Lighthouse School here in town. Pastor Marcio there is a great friend of Blackhawk and we just love the work that he's doing. And during this COVID season, one of the things that he started along with another friend of ours, Marcus Allen, um, was Psalm 46 ministry. It was a way to be able to help people during this COVID season who were struggling with their finances, to be able to be generous with them. And we mentioned this many times at church. We as a church, actually as a whole, just from our general fund, were able to give to them financially. But then on top of that, many of you personally poured money into Psalm 46 as they just saw God do all kinds of things in the lives of people. And the stories that Pastor Marcio shared of the way that God worked was absolutely just incredible. One in particular of a family who we were able to be in touch with, a really resilient Hispanic family who really came on a time where they were in need of some help. And so they had turned to God asking for help. And in that time, Lighthouse Church and Lighthouse School were able to step in through the Psalm 46 fund in order to help them with their finances in order to help them kind of get to a place where they could be doing everything for themselves once again. We'd love for you to just be able to take in a little bit of the story. Take a look at the screens right now. Yo tengo eh, siete años de estar este, en la escuela Lighthouse. Ellos siempre hablan de, del amor a Dios, de cómo Jesús nos ayuda y a ellos les da la, la fuerza y el apoyo para que ellos mismos nos apoyen a nosotros y siento que, que ellos dan todo por, por ayudar a las familias y yo especialmente estoy muy agradecida por esa situación en, en amor a la pastora Siempre está pendiente de los alumnos, de las familias. Cuando uno viene siempre preguntan cómo están, si necesita uno algo. Ellos siempre están para toda la persona o toda la familia que los necesite. Eh, pienso que eso es un amor y no sé si es un don que ellos tienen o Jesús les ayuda a, a dar ese amor a la demás gente. 
eh, yo trabajaba en un hotel eh, en ese hotel yo estuve por 14 años hasta ahorita que ocurrió esto de la pandemia el hotel cerró entonces este, pues nos quedamos sin trabajo tanto mi esposo eh, mi cuñado y yo los tres quedamos fuera sin nada entonces fue una situación bastante difícil porque pues tres niños y sin trabajo es difícil de ahí el pastor aquí en la iglesia Lighthouse empezaron a dar despensas desayunos para los niños nosotros veníamos seguido y ellos nos ayudaron de esa manera luego este, pues ya no teníamos para pagar la renta Ay, sorry. y después este, una de las maestras nos dijo que podíamos aplicar aquí para que nos ayudara y aplicamos y el pastor muy amable nos ayudó para pagar la renta no a mí nada más incluso a mi hermana que también quedó sin, sin trabajo, sin nada y también le ayudó nos ayudó mucho económicamente para pagar la renta para comida incluso el mismo pastor nos llevaba la comida a la casa nos llevó este alimento y, y pues es algo muy bonito y doy las gracias por, por esa ayuda que siempre nos dieron y hasta la fecha él siempre ha preguntado cómo estamos, cómo están los niños, eh, necesita comida, de hecho todos los viernes ellos dan de comer y nosotros venimos a buscar todavía porque ahorita solo mi esposo tiene un trabajo, unas horas y mi cuñado trabaja cinco horas nada más también en la tarde y con eso hemos ido y la ayuda de ellos y ahorita pues que amablemente ya me ofrecieron unas horas aquí en la escuela para trabajar es muy difícil pero gracias a Lighthouse y a los pastores y a todo hemos salido adelante The woman who you just heard from is a woman named Arcelia. I love having the chance for us to be able to hear her story. Because any time that we hear a story like this, it takes something big like generosity or the way that we're able to give through something like Advent Conspiracy and it connects it to lives. It helps us to see the way that our generosity that is done through unconditional love is able to impact the lives of other people. So maybe during this time, you'd like to be able to give to Advent Conspiracy. Again, every dollar goes outside of the walls of this church into people's lives like Arcelia. 
towards all sorts of different ministries. Right now with Lighthouse School, we are actually connected with them during this Advent conspiracy season to help them get technology for their students that they need in order to be able to do school during this COVID online season. They're struggling and they need help. This is a way for us as a church to be able to come alongside. And this is just one opportunity of the many that we have. If you're interested, you can find all the information on our website. But here's what I wanna encourage you to take a look at. What are the ways in this season that we can fill the gap with love? Yeah, we're in a COVID gap. We gotta be six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, we're in a COVID season where we're waiting for the days where we don't have to wear masks anymore. And yeah, we're living in the world between Christ's first coming and his second coming. And his calling on our life is that we would not waste the time of this gap. Because see, in love, Christ came. And in love, he will return. So, come on, church. Let's fill the gap with love. Let's be people who look for every opportunity that we might have to be able to love people well that in doing so, we might reflect the love that God has for us. That as we understand this unconditional love that he has for us that really doesn't make sense, that it might fuel us to be able to love others, that they might understand a God who loves them just the same way. We can do this. In love, Christ came. In love, he returned. Let's fill the gap with love. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the love that you have for us that we remember so tangently at this time. God, the tangible love that you have for us in the midst of this season, sending your son to this world to pay a penalty that we could never pay is just unbelievable. We pray, Father, that that would fuel us to be able to love others well. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people together said, amen.